Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Welcome to the Sword and Shield Podcast. I'm Colonel Rick Erich, 960th Cyberspace Wing Commander. And I'm uh, Chief Master Sergeant Chris Howard, Superintendent, 960th uh, COG. Hey, welcome, Chief. <laughs> Good to see you, sir. It's been a rough week. It's been a really rough week, absolutely. Right. And, uh, and we're looking at Sam here, too. And so all of us have had different types of rough weeks and some right. worse than others. Definitely. I mean, when you look at uh, the 960th as a whole, we've had at least uh, two to three bases just get slammed with uh, – winter weather um, that was outside of the norm, um, and then the infrastructure issues here at JBSA, right? Um, we had to get down to uh, emergency crews only at one point. It was definitely uh, something you wouldn't expect in Texas. I left Colorado for a reason, and then I come down here, and uh, yeah, it's been crazy, sir. We, we keep saying the same thing to people. Oh, you, you're from Minnesota. This is easy. I'm like, no, it doesn't make it any easier. I, don't, right. I left there because I want better weather. Right. Well, the cold wasn't so bad, right? You get, you get prepared, and you know how to drive in it, but when the infrastructure itself isn't built to hold it, um, and then you start getting Delta couple of other, other blows like uh, road conditions because uh, they're just not prepared for it or it just becomes uh, overwhelming quite quickly. Same thing with the water and the power. It's it, it, it all adds up real quick. Yeah, you find some things, you know, we, you know, I'd never really thought about growing in Minnesota my whole life. We never had water issues when we had cold weather. Like, right. is this something that we learned, I guess, two generations before that in <laughs> Texas, they just don't, they don't have a need to do that. Right. Definitely. And, and I think um, and so you start thinking about the cascading effects and how bad it gets. And, um, you know, there's still people that are still struggling. We had some friends up in Austin that just got power back today. It's yeah. six days without power and they still don't have water. Right. And for for native Texans That's and rough. people, it's, it's rough. So well, definitely. So I started thinking about, man, I've been reflecting this week about uh, all the things that going on that has been going on, at least since the time I took command and um when I went to the wing commander training, they said, you will get your opportunity to lead in crisis. Yes. Like we talked about crisis, but it was right before COVID when I went to the training and they talked about through the lens of um, kind of a military buildup for some sort of extreme event. Right. It wasn't right. it wasn't about um, a pandemic, wasn't about extreme weather or storms, wasn't about this extremism or polarizing politics that have started to shape kind of where we are right now in the world. Right. And it definitely, uh, you know, I know we've talked about resiliency. It definitely, uh, those items alone, you know, when taken out one by one, if it was just one, and then if it was just this one or just that one, um, I think that most people would just bounce back quite quickly, right? When we start putting in the fact that we're going on close to a year with COVID restrictions, um, that huge paradigm shift, um, now we throw in the politics, the extremism, um, and then other issues. Racial inequality. Yes, sir. I mean, it All seems it. like it's a time and just change, right? Right. New administration, new chief of staff, new chief messer into the Air Force. Yes. Um, all good things can come out of it, but I think it's just piling on, like you said, of just yeah. over and over and over again. And I think the uncertainty around funding, right? And oh, that, yes. that that's always been a constant, but 
it doesn't mean it's easier to deal with all the time. No. And then when that all comes together and puts on top of that, that's what's going to be the cherry or what's going to be the straw that, that breaks the, the airman's back, right? Yeah, and I think that's what we got to think a lot about of, of what is. And for somebody, it's probably different than somebody else. Right. And I made the comment last last week to my wife, like I said, hey, so it's been just about a year with this COVID thing. I think I'm finally kind of just comfortable with what we're doing. I'm not comfortable with – I'm comfortable in myself, right. not necessarily comfortable what's doing other people. No, uh, good point, right? You, you found probably that, that balance and the next piece will uh, will add its weight or you'll be able to bounce it back. It's just now how, how do we lead through – um, this problem with our airmen, right? How do we get them to be in that same safe space uh, to yeah. navigate that? Yeah. And not that I like it, but you just find ways to kind of deal with it and put it in your mind and like kind of march on. And so um seems like two weeks ago now, it probably was two weeks ago, we were talking to Major Gamara right. and um, out in the hallway here in the building. And, and, you know, she's always good for challenging us yes. and asking really tough questions. And I appreciate that about her. And we've had a couple other people that said, Hey, um, Everything's not always rosy. It's not rainbows and unicorns all the time, yes, um, even though we'd like it to be. Yes. Like we should talk about some of these these really hard things. Um, and so I think just with everything kind of pile on, it's probably a good time for us to kind of talk about what kind of things we're thinking about and, and the struggles that kind of you and I go through together and then individually, the things yes, that, that we're thinking about and the things that, that kind of um, are on our minds all the time. Right. And I think also they were looking for um, some individual skills that we could give them so they could help uh, use those and, and maybe get them through those processes. Yeah. So, you know, I've uh, I'm a closet journaler. And so I've been I found myself um, journaling or writing more than normal over okay. probably the past six months. And that has helped me. Um, as far as a individual coping skill is just, just put my words down on paper. I don't worry about it making sense. Um, and I'm not actually writing, I'm typing. And so okay. I just put it in a document and like when I'm going throughout the day, like, Hey man, this is really bugging me. I'll just I'll write a note in my, in my schedule of events to do. And then usually on the weekend, then I sit down when it's quiet and just start banging away. And so the last thing I wrote about was this concept of extremism. Okay. Um, and, and, what I got to the end with was I usually kind of work my way through my thoughts and I go, okay, what would I do or how would I help? And I got to the end of this one. I said, I don't know if there's a good answer. Well, like I had a hard time trying to figure out how I need to talk about this with, with our organization and with our unit and all of our airmen. I don't think it's one of those easy subjects because um, I mean, it's, it's like a couple of the other subjects, you know, with the racial inequality and diversity inclusion. Um, it's um, where does the the line really cut cross, right? Where, mm-hmm. where what's the right um, level of this or that to, to make it correct? Um, with extremism, the word extremism alone is is a no go, right? So, but where do we find the line of what is um, just being um, excited? And trying to be patriotic to what is extreme or at what point are you pushing um, into anarchy um, and into other things? I think uh, one thing that I found, uh, I think I shared with you was politics, right? We talk about right. We talk about left. Uh, We think of it. We talk about it almost like it's a straight line. Mm -hmm. Um, I go back to high school and uh, my history teacher, uh, Lunsford. He, he says, you, you know, no, really, the reality is, is politics is a circle. 
So we talk about the center. It's really, you can say it's on the top of the circle. And when we talk about extremism left or right, it, they almost come to, together on the bottom of that, that circle, right? Because the, a lot of the same things are happening, right? So um, we're, we're taking away from what um, our constitution is saying. We're taking away from um, civil, uh, you know, law or taking away from those things that are really that defines us as a nation and that's where that far right far left uh, portions come into play and it's really about taking away control of the individual voter and taking away the control of um, individuals as a whole uh, and, and then taking it beyond um, what is considered uh, lawful protest and even um, civil um discussions so that we can actually move in a way that we as a nation need to move forward in, right? And taking that 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 whole piece beyond um, what is necessary or what's right. Uh, it, it's really hard not to get wrapped up into some of these things, right? Whether you believe that um, X was right or Y was incorrect or Y was correct and everything. Reality is that as military members, it's a zero tolerance, right? Um, what did our leadership tell us to do? It was a lawful order. Mm -hmm. You go forth and conquer, right? Um, we had elections. They were done, decided, move on, yeah. right? These things that, that we have no control over. Did you, did you do your, your piece as a citizen? Um, yes or no, right? And then, yeah, there's always emotion, right? I mean, that's right. the hard part. When emotion gets attached to, um, you know, uh, a train of thought or a line of thought, um, it just, it can escalate really fast. Yes. And that's what we don't want. We, we're not trying to escalate, but I think there's got to be some some way for us to have that civil discussion yes. and be able to talk about it. And and, and, and then the concept of a dialogue, yes. of, of a healthy dialogue of any organization needs to understand each other and, and that where the inclusion comes. And so yes. I try to frame this in my mind of, um, so I ended up thinking about the concept of belonging. Right. And so, um, cause the word extremism, like you said, it's, it's hard to define, right. Yes. And everybody's going to try to find it their own way. And that's not helpful. No. So when I think about belonging in college, I took, I took a gang class. And, and the one thing I learned from that was that people join gangs and cults or extreme, if you would say, call them extremists, or they join any organization because they feel like they belong. Right. Right. Yes. And so, People are finding these opportunities with the technology that we have available to us. It's really easy to connect people now. Right. Where before, you know, you had to go down some shady back alley you know, to, to, to figure out what this organization was doing in a garage to join right. it. And then it was word of mouth. Right. They didn't have a way of um, now it grows so fast and, right. can, and can just jump in. And, and you know, I, I follow a couple of social media sites. Um, I don't want to say for fun, but for um, um, for knowledge and informing. Um, and so I know we talk about it off quite a bit. Sam and I talk about a couple of them quite a bit because there's um, always just trying to figure out what's going on. And, and I think there um, I watch it and now I'm looking at it through the lens of this of of. of people jumping to one side or the other on every topic. Like mm -hmm. it's always one way or the other. It's all these ships terrible, or this is the great thing. Right. And this is the best thing that's going on in, in the entire world. Like it's frustrating. It is. And it, it's almost, um, and I'm not trying to take a, take away from it. It's almost silly. Right. And the fact that, um, when we get to these, this, these conversation pieces, um, it's black or it's white. 
right? It's uh, no gray. No gray. Yet, and this is where I find it funny is we live in the gray. Everybody lives in the yes. gray, right? <laughs> um, it comes to interpretation. It comes to uh, opinion. It comes to um, even how do, how do I interpret these rules? Um, we all live in the gray. But for some reason, when we have – instead of having a discussion of understanding that there's space for both of these sides to be together – um, we have to take a hard stance. No, it has to be this way or that way. Um, the re- harsh reality is, is um, like in my family, right? My kids don't see the things I do the same way um, because, well, they didn't experience the same things I grew up, sure. right? Um, and uh, even m- me and my wife, we don't necessarily see everything the same way. Um, but does that mean it has to be this way or that way? No. That's probably what keeps family together too, right? right? I mean, if everybody, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, you know, uh, my, my parent, my dad votes one way yeah. and my mom, no matter what she feels like, she votes opposite him just to, to, to count. She like, she got to <laughs> counterbalance the force. Right. And, and so, and they get along great and it works. And, and that's what I kind of think about bringing that kind of, let's have a good, we can have a good, robust debate, right? Peaceful, kind of um, a little bit of emotion attached, but in a sense of to to understand how where you're coming from, right? Understand what you're thinking, so that we can be closer as a team. No, I agree. I think that, that having those discussions and being able to open up um, and share that without uh, a sense of reprisal or a you know a judgment, sure. Um, I think that that would definitely do a lot of the smaller teams um, um, good. Right. And, and kind of going back to your gang piece, uh, I remember in basic training, we, we had some of these um, these conversations in basic training of um, you're part of a new subculture. Right. And it's really where they defined it. Sure. The military had, and how did they define what culture was, what a subculture began with? And it comes to jargon. It comes to experiences. It comes to, you know, that sense of belonging. And that's one thing that I really like to highlight with um, with our members is that. You are part of something bigger, right? Don't get pulled out of this subculture. Don't don't be pulled away from this gang or whatever, however you want to put it, this family, um, by dividing it so so black and white, right? You're part of this, right? You're going to be judged on your abilities, your attitude, and your capability. And that's it. Anything else, you're a part of the team bringing something to the table, and you're valued. And that's what we push on our leadership uh, across the board is you need to value those individuals. You need to value people bringing something new to the table. You have to um, include them into the conversation because I don't know how to break it to you. You don't know everything. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something I, I know that uh, when I was a young um bullheaded staff sergeant was hard sometimes mm-hmm. that I, I thought I, I knew it. I was going forth and conquering, right? Mm-hmm. I was a, a, you know, a, a stubborn uh, senior airman and had a couple of uh, NCOs and senior NCOs pull me off the side and say, well, why are you thinking this way? Why are you thinking that way? Give you some food for thought and really help to just. Yeah, just different perfect. perspective, right? Right. Yes. And um, I don't know if we've lost that over time or whether it's the art of, um, experience and and so what i want to try to do is create opportunities for that to happen we talked about using the small group discussion as a way to get people to feel more comfortable about that and right. having those discussions and, and i know certainly i'm uncomfortable a lot of times talking about it but that just means we got to talk about it more right uh, and it doesn't mean we talk about it till we get comfortable but, but no. that's not what i mean what i mean is having more opportunities to discuss it to create um, and 
essentially helping people feel like they belong, even if it's through, hey, you know, Chris, you think differently than I do, but we're still on the same team. Right. It's still the same family. Yes. I got you. I know you got my back um, and, and I got yours. I, I agree. And I think that um, I'm actually looking forward to some of the changes that we're looking at, especially when we talk about um, UTCs and deployments. If we go back to that full wing deployment perspective, maybe we'll get some of that uh, common ground. Right. The yeah. fact that we start spilling some of uh, getting muddy in the same places. Right. Doing some of the same things um, uh, in having to endure the suck uh, together. Yep. <laughs> um, it, that's really what we talk about, um, that bonding. Um, I remember recently watching a, um, a TED talk uh, by an individual. I believe his name was Younger. And uh, he was talking about, you know, you talk to soldiers and airmen and Marines and you talk to that have deployed and they talk about missing war. Um, and it really came down to because that they felt that someone had their back. I, I think that nowadays with uh, the malign influence and all of these things that we've already identified that um, people don't feel like they can trust individuals, right? That they don't feel like they have their back. And uh, going back to that TED talk, it was really about, I know that my brothers and sisters in arms had my back. I want to be in a place where, yes, bullets are flying, but I'm safe because this person's with me. That person's with me. They've got my back. It's an interesting concept, right? Especially the Marines. They take that that team to the ultimate. They have to, right, to rely on for their survival. And and I've heard that from a number of people that when they retire, you know – the hardest, you know, the thing they miss most and the hardest thing about civilian life is just having, you know, that, that brother or sisterhood. No, I, I totally can, can relate. I, I was in some small teams doing a lot of different deployments, doing different things. And, uh, it really came down that I could trust this person or that person with my life. I could trust them with my wife. I could trust them with my money, my wallet, yeah. whatever. I trusted them wholeheartedly. Um, and that's what made the day go by. And I think that's one of the challenges that as leaders that we have to develop that in these work centers, um, in these small teams, and then help foster that culture within the 960th is if you call me, I'm going to be there, right? Or if you need something, there's going to be someone that's going to step up and take care of you and help you out. That we do really care and that we've got your back so that we can get past um, all of these things that are getting piled upon us. And that goes back to some of the some of the things that you've discussed are right about making the phone calls about getting engaged, being that, um, overbearing almost leadership, right? That, that intrusive, hub, leadership. intrusive leadership. Um, because if, if we don't show individuals that we care and if we don't actually do what we say we're going to do, then no one's going to trust, no one's going to feel safe. And then we're just going to continue to watch this cultural road. Yeah. I remember, you know, I, I think you said it well, when I did some exercise, right going to the ORI, man, you plan for, you plan for, you hate it, you hate it. But I remember each time at the end of it going, man, I feel like we bonded and gelled as a team. I remember specifically as a captain, I was the Persco dude and getting back after that. And, and the people that deployed with us, we had a different experience Mm -hmm. and it was just different and it felt different. And I'm really concerned about, we don't necessarily have that same ability in our business in this wing other than combat com right. to, to really recreate that. And we have to find different ways to create that bond. Um, and, and so there's, there's so many other threats out there that are, that are chipping away yes. at that and chipping away at that bond and making it really hard for us, internal and external threats. Yes. Um, and, and so including stuff we're doing to ourselves, right? There's fresh side going on as well. 
Um, and, and so we just, we just have to do it with people. Yes. People to people. Right. And then that takes like, so what I do, you you talked about journaling. Um, what I, I do is I guess more talk therapy, right? Sure. Um, I'm reaching out and talking. It's the same version of journaling, right? Just yes. talking to people. I'm talking to those individuals that I trust. I'm talking to the individuals that uh, I care about. I'm reaching out and trying to make phone calls on a regular basis to individuals to make sure that they know that that, that pathway is open and just to say hi. Um, yep. You know, some of my old friends I'll talk to. Um, I'll talk to coworkers just to make sure that they're doing okay. Just building that network so that network is, is strong so that when someone feels like they, they can't um, uh, handle it alone, that they know that I've done it and that they can come come to me and I'm going to provide the same kind of level of conversation and bonding with them. Yeah. And so you've demonstrated that and built their trust. Hopefully. Through that way, right? <laughs> that that you know, that they're going to call on you when you, when you need to. And we just got to find... Find, find ways to do that. And, sure. you know, my, my way has been similar as well is that I like to listen, just give people an ear and at the end of it say, okay, what can I do? How can I help? And sometimes it's, I just need you to listen. Like I didn't need you to do anything. Right. Um, I just need to talk to somebody. I'm like, cool. That, you know, that's what I'm here for. And there's other times where, you know, I've had to be more forceful where I see somebody that's um, not gelling, being part of the team, try to pull them aside and say, hey, what's going on? What are you feeling? Right. And they kind of, no, I'm fine, fine. I'm like, you just got to try to dig. And um, that kind of helps me with my own personal resilience as well mm-hmm. and gets me more engaged. And it feels like, um, and I try to demonstrate that so that other people know that, that I'm there for them too. Right. Cause words can be cheap or expensive depending, yes. on how, <laughs> depending on how you use them. Right. That it's easy to say, and it's harder to back up. That's where the expense comes in. And if you don't back it up, it's the most expensive. Absolutely. Um, right? and, and we don't want to have to cash in right? anything if we lose people. I think um, Colonel Darden is able to coin that very well. I forget, <laughs> I forget the, the, the words that he uses, but yes, uh, Words matter for one, yeah. but then I think he has something that with how much that they, they can actually cost you. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've heard people talk about um, thinking about when you're talking to people, building your bank account. Like okay. every time you talk to somebody and you do something good, right? That's a debit that's going to the bank account. And then right. when they need it, they come cash it out. Right. Right. And you need to more, do more debits and credits. Like you need to give more than you take right. in order to keep people. And, and that's harder for some folks. And I know in, the, in our business and cyber and Intel, um, a lot of folks like, you know, we're, we're, we live in secrets all the time and <laughs> business we do. And right. so, um, a lot of us feel comfortable just kind of keeping it inside and not want to talk about it. But our job as leaders is, is to find those avenues, give people, yep. um, opportunities to reach out and shed the, uh, the, the stigma, right. Yeah. That it's uh, not okay to talk. It's not okay not to be okay. Right. Um, the fact is, is that there's, uh, everyone has a bad day. Um, and everybody needs something uh, along the way. It's when you hide it. It's when you don't get the help that uh, leads you down decision pathways that don't work, which then lead to the problems, right? Um, but if uh, you need somebody, I think that uh, everybody should know that it's it's open there and it's not going to affect you. Yeah, I think that's what I've seen a huge change in my my career is this this openness, this um, discussion about you know innovation and picking people's brains and right. giving them problems. It's you know when I grew up it was empower and power, right? But it's usually like just get the work done. Like right. do it my empowerment was get the work done, but do it my way, right? It was uh, <laughs> in, in some ways, right? Uh, we in, empowerment was a buzzword, right? Um, mentorship was again a buzzword. 
um, what we look at uh, airman development, when we talk about um, team building, we talk about um, that innovation piece, we're taking that buzzword and we're having to actually implement it, right? Um, because what we found is those buzzwords, they're cheap to say, but they're expensive uh, uh, in regards to retention. Look at the retention yeah. rates, right? If we're not truly empowering them, i.e. just here's the target and letting individuals get there um, with uh, a couple of uh, right and left boundaries, um, what they feel is either micromanaged or left in the dark. So, yeah, I, I empowered you, but I left you in the dark. So that's lays off fair leadership, right? Um, or if uh, it's my way, my way, my way, now it's micromanagement. You really have to allow individuals to fail forward. Kind of gets after, um, you know, the accelerate change or lose. Um, even if we look at the, the ABCD piece that just came out from yep. General Brown, um, all of that gets after the fact that um, those words are not buzzwords. These are, these are implementations we're going forward with. And uh, we want to see change. We want to see um, that diversity in thought. We want to see everybody included because it's going to cost us in the long run. Um, when we look at, um, you know, the great power competition, if we are constantly handcuffing our wrist to our ankle, we're going to fail. We have yeah. to get after those problems. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, it's really important that from, from the diversity inclusion aspect, I think about everybody you know, thinks a certain way based on your experiences. Correct. Right. And we need, we need more different experiences as part of our team. Right. Then we need a bunch of, you know, and, and people always, you know, they jump to the, you know, and I think it's, it, it's shocking that even when I walk in a room somewhere, you know, everybody looks like me, like almost, I remember standing next to Colonel Jones in one meeting and she's like, look around the room. She's like, I'm the only woman in here. I'm like, Wow. Like, again, I had never thought of it from that aspect. My mind's thinking about business and operations. And, um, and, and so I think a lot about, hey, bringing those other people around us, getting them on board. And we really want to make sure that we're um, giving them opportunities to voice because in our business, right, I want, I want to give you that target. And I'm going to let you go. Because right. there's probably 10 different ways in order for you to get at that. And, and the team will figure out the best way to do that. Just give you space and put whatever buzzword on you want. It. That's not important to me. If it's, if it's no. empowerment, if it's team building, just it's about getting after it and giving you the space to do it and celebrating, you know, I think we should celebrate as much as we can. And, and, and even if we fail and, and we don't get a target, I think you still learn from that. And right. that's just as important. Sometimes you learn more from defeat than you do from winning. But definitely, because if you didn't fail, then what did you really learn? Right. Well, I mean, did yep. you challenge yourself enough? Right. Uh, I think that, again, from a leadership uh, perspective, I found more joy in watching those small teams or those individuals take on a challenge that they never felt like they could take on, um, trip up a little bit and then watch them grow. Right. Yeah. And then actually succeed after that problem set. Right. I mean, I think, uh, looking back at the wing priorities over the last, um, year, how many, you know, walls did we hit? How many barriers did we hit? And, uh, how many different ways that we try to come after these problem sets to where we're starting to see some, People building the ladders over the barriers, finding ways around, around the barrier, barrier, under yeah. the barrier, yeah. um, in all different directions, even lobbying far away. <laughs> and they're all cases. good, right? Yes, those are all, all good. Those are all good opportunities. Yes, but you know, when you're you're standing in front of that wall, you don't necessarily see that. That's why you have to pass it back. You have to pass it right, pass yeah. it left, and let those other team members run with the ball and see where we go. 
Yeah, and there's uh, there's no shortage of challenges, no, no shortage of problems in the future, uh, and, and and for us to say we're going to solve everything, we got a plan for everything. I think that would be unfair and <laughs> naive, a complete lie, a complete lie. <laughs> um, but we just got to face all these things head on, and I think that's what I think about. Um, you know, what's what what's the next thing up? And um, if we if we were to fast forward and get in our time machine, jump to a year from now, there are probably going to be things that we'd faced that I couldn't write on paper right now. I know. Just like a year ago. Yeah, about to say, if we reversed <laughs> a year ago, we definitely wouldn't be saying, hey, you know, I wonder what it, I think we would have said this, this, this and that would have already been done. That, uh, you know, we definitely we would have had uh, those uh, leadership offsites in Robbins. Yeah. We would have had um, a bunch of other uh, leadership opportunities. We would have seen a couple of other units grow in different directions. We would have seen yeah. mission sets change yeah. in some other ways. But uh, because of all of these different changes and, and everything, we're definitely in a different seat. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the common theme for me is, you know, the airmen, we persevere right. with the airmen. Um, some people call it um, on the backs of the airmen kind of is like, it takes all of us here to right. pick up and do our piece and be part of the team. Um, and, and, and sometimes I'm carrying more load than other times. And we're going to ask everybody to pick up their load and the teams and pick everybody else up around them gotcha. and, and keep plugging away. I definitely like to think of it more of as a scrum. Right. From sure. rugby. We're yeah. all tied in together and it's only based on the force of all of us together that moves us forward than anyone. So no one's getting treaded over. It's just all of us driving in the same direction. Sometimes we have to, you know, hit, hit a flank. But yep. we're definitely as a scrum together, tight knit and moving forward. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Chief. Appreciate your time. And thank you, sir. Until the next challenge. Yes, sir.